You're listening to Comedy Central. I just don't need another addiction. I don't need to do no drugs, man. I already got my cell phone. I'm addicted to that shit enough. You know, I already have all the social media and stuff. My dad recently got an iPhone, and uh, he just signed up for Instagram. I'm the only person he follows. Yeah, it's just me and him. Sometimes he hit me up. He's like, did you see on Instagram the other day? I'm like, yeah, it was me. Like, whatever you saw, I made you see that shit. He doesn't know how to work the app at all. Like, the other day, I posted a photo on Instagram. He screenshotted it, texted it to me, and said, I like this. Nigga. <laughs> That's not how this works, bro. <laughs> I wrote him an email, printed it out, mailed it to him. Fire emojis. Okay, that was Jordan Fisher from Comedy Central stand-up featuring a setting tape. I think pretty shortly before, I guess that was in December, I was, or maybe November, I was there. Doesn't matter. Uh, great set from Jordan Fisher. You can hear that whole thing on Comedy Central stand-up YouTube page. Comedy Central stand-up featuring uh, Jordan Fisher. Very funny dude. Um, and I highly suggest you check out that whole set and everything Comedy Central stand-up YouTube's page has to offer because they're killing it right now. There's so much good shit on there. There's full hour specials that normally you would need a whole damn password for. Now you don't. You can just you can just watch them. You don't you don't have to call anybody. You have to call your little mommy and ask for uh, her internet password, her cable provider. You don't have to do that to, to watch these specials on Comedy Central stand-up YouTube page. So check that out. Uh, and, uh, I'm Tom Takar. This is, uh, stand-up on Comedy Central. I am joined, as always, by Coach T. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, Tom. How you been? I'm all right, man. It, what a, we're living in a crazy-ass world. Oh, yeah? Something going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Corona. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. So, we skipped last week. Uh, we're recording this. I'm just gonna... Uh, open the curtain up a little bit, lift the curtain up a little bit. We're, we're recording, we record the, these on Sundays usually. And for the first time ever, yep. me and coach decided maybe let's get a little bit ahead and, <laughs> and record a couple episodes. And we did that. And we were all ready to put our little episode out that was a little over a week and a half old at that point. And, uh, the world changed quite a bit. Um, protests are happening. Uh, you know, every everything is, became a little bit more uh, tough to to take lightly, um, and you know, stuff. It just seemed irresponsible to post an episode without acknowledging that at all, uh, with us I, I, just playing stand up clips. That's very nice of you, Tom. And and for the listeners out there, Tom did that on his own. He didn't have a corporate mascot tell him to be sensitive. He's a real guy. Don't shame him out there like you did that mayor in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, coach. Well, it's all it's like it's it's really crazy. And I, I posted a thing and it's and and people were pretty cool about us not posting the episode. I got a couple messages and I responded to them and the people were really cool about it. I, I am happy to provide people with comedy to, to listen to. And I got I got an email from somebody saying like, hey, I look, I look forward to the show every Thursday. It's my first listen, and where is it? What the hell? And I was like, look, man, it just seemed tone deaf to post it. 
and I I sent him a list of clips to watch if he wanted to watch some shit that I like, and he very, watched them and he nice. loved it, and he was really cool about it, and uh, and uh, I I really love the people who listen to this show, man. I I get nothing but nice messages. I'm gonna read some today, but uh, yeah, I I love the people who write. Uh, to me about the show and you can do that by emailing suttpod at gmail.com short for stand up with tom takar suttpod at gmail.com or dm me a lot of the a lot of the shit that i've gotten is on instagram dms or twitter dms or even facebook messenger i look at all of them i'm gonna be honest i try it's it's been impossible to not be on social media lately and uh Mm -hmm. And coach, you were just saying you've been on social media now. Yeah, man, I'm a dormant guy on social media, but I've been having a time of my life on Twitter. <laughs> been having a time of my life. Um, this is right up my alley. This is the things that I like to engage with uh, on Twitter. I'm coach underscore TEA. I just did a podcast with my friend Bridget Paisley. She got a podcast called Walk-Ins Welcome if you want to hear the political side, but this is a this is a little lighter here, but... I would love to engage. Oh, I'm a black guy, in case people didn't understand. If you're looking for, you know, a, a Negro around, I understand that we're very scarce. Some of my comedian friends are overwhelmed because there's not enough, you know, black guys to go around. Oh, so, you mean people are hitting them up a bunch? To be yeah, like, yeah. I that yeah. I feel like that's something I was trying to be very wary of because I know I had some friends who posted like, "Look, I'm tired. I don't want to be your black <laughs> friend right now." They were posting shit like that on social media. I was like, yeah, I'm sure there's all these people who, like, once every four months, they, like, have a casual conversation with a black comic, and they're, like, they're checking in. I'm like, hey, oh, we're still good, right? <laughs> like, it just my, seems my, a little the weird. Funny, the funniest tweet I read was from Ramon Rivas, who, co- who, who, who he uh, judges the roast battle. Yeah, I know Ramon. Yeah, he said, uh, he said, my white friends are asking me if we're cool right now. And, I, and he responded with, look, I don't know right now, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I don't know if he was being serious, but I was like, that to me is pretty funny. That's, that is very... Uh, I like that people funny. are still being funny. And shout out to the comedians who are being hilarious on Twitter right now. Yeah, Roy there's Woods some really was being funny, funny. Happening. Jeff Ross is straight fire. Yeah. Jamar Neighbors is fire. I love these guys. This is what's tricky. Is So people are going to hear this. Uh, like a, a little over a week after, uh, I believe what was called Blackout Tuesday on uh-huh. uh, social media, which is where people were posting black squares uh, to show their solidarity. But mostly it was supposed to be about, hey, shut the fuck up today and don't promote yourself. Like, don't don't post your podcast. And it's, there were some people who still did it, and it did feel weird to see on their feeds. And that's kind of why I was like, I, I don't like how this looks. It, it feels very weird to see all this footage of police brutality and then somebody being like, hey, listen, to, watch my stand-up clip where I talk about how pussy's weird. And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't care about that right now. Like it, just, it really sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And feels insensitive, you know. We're the relief, Tom. We're the relief. We are the relief, and this is how I feel about it. Uh, For uh, today, will be relief. That is, that is not. uh, We're not. I'm. We're not here to preach to you. I will say, if you have money to donate to causes, do it. Uh, I have a link in my thing to. I mean, it just goes to the Black Lives Matter site where you you don't have to donate to them. If if that's something you don't want to do, donate to people you care about. But do something positive. Yeah, Venmo Coach T. I have a real story, Tom, and I hate to derail you. But I, I love it. I love it. I because I, I didn't want to even catch up. I wanted to catch up while we recorded. Yeah, we so, didn't. Coach said, "I said, hey, I have something to say." He said, "Shut the fuck up." 
<laughs> you don't I speak said, until the mics are on. I said, listen to me now. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it's time for you to listen, Tom Tacoma. <laughs> so, uh, so I was in Santa Monica when it was getting crazy. For you guys that don't know, LA's been fucking crazy. Yeah. So I was in Santa Monica, it was getting crazy. And I was just online watching all of this white guilt go crazy, right? And I'm not a big fan of white guilt, unless you're guilty. If you're not guilty, I don't fuck with it. But um, <laughs> so I get a I get a I get a ticket on my car, right? And so I was like, I want to I want to check the temperature of the world. So I posted the ticket to Twitter, and I say, Hey, I got this ticket. And even though the officer's last name was Marquez, I'm sure his boss was white. If you need a therapeutic relief for your white guilt, Venmo me, and uh, and and you know to help me fight the system. I had to take it down in two hours. I got so much money. <laughs> Good. I, I paid everybody. I paid. I paid everybody their money back. I'm like, I don't want it that way. But I was like, wow, this is nuts. I mean, I get it. I I didn't send money to any person directly. I sent money. Uh, I sent money to the Brooklyn Bail Fund and to the Minneapolis Bail Fund and then uh, Chicago Bail Fund because I was just watching so many videos of innocent protesters getting taken in, and that was pissing me off. My, uh, I have. A, I drive a 2020. <laughs> My car's not even a year old, guys. It was on the ticket. That's wild. <laughs> but good. You know what? Fuck that. Venmo Coach T. And any overflow Coach T has, he will yeah. uh, put into good causes. <laughs> I'm like, a black life, man. Uh, I guess I matter. So I, I spent some time thinking about how I wanted to do an episode when we came back. And I, I thought about this, which is to use the week to promote all black comics uh, right now. And it was easy to do because there's so many talented and great black comics that I love to support anyway. I chose to play clips this week from Roy Wood Jr. and Chloe Hilliard, who both talk about... Uh, Roy Wood talks about the police, Chloe talks about protesting and, and some other things, and they're just great comics that I love. For the first part, let's, let's go ahead and play these clips. This first clip is from Roy Wood Jr. It's from one of his hour specials. It's just a it's just a great chunk of material about police. And the second clip is from Chloe Hilliard from a set at This Week at the Comedy Cellar. basically a restaurant. America is a restaurant that sells equality. That's all it is. They serve equality. And some of y'all had some delicious equality. It was good. You had great service. And some of us need to speak to a manager. You telling black people to stand for the anthem, that's the same as walking around Applebee's telling people not to complain about their food. How you get to dictate how somebody else complain about their situation? You may as well just walk around Applebee's. You need to be happy that you even in this Applebee's. You know how many people outside trying to sneak in this Applebee's? We had to build a wall around this Applebee's. And I'd be like, yo man, you need to calm your ass down. Get your facts straight. First off, I was at Red Lobster minding my business. Y'all brought us to Applebee's. (laughs) 
I don't know what they're gonna do between us and the police. This shit is getting hard. Every day, police might get called on you while you're trying to get coffee. Police might get called on you while you're trying to do barbecue. Police might get called on you while you're trying to mow the yard, take a nap, sell some water. At this point, if you black, the safest thing you can do every day is just call the police on yourself. I mean, the white people gonna call anyway, so you may as well take the power back. Control the narrative. That's what I'm gonna do every day. Call the police and compliment. Say something nice about yourself. Change the perception. 911, what's your emergency? Ain't no emergency, it's just a smooth motherfucker headed to Walgreens. Just checking in. Red jacket, white pants. Don't shoot me! Call unit be advised, male black Walgreens. Respond code. I don't know. I don't know what, the, what I don't know what you do. Move too slow, you might get shot. Move too fast, you might get shot. Don't move, you wasn't obeying commands, you might get shot. I don't know, yo, at this point, like, I ain't gonna tell y'all how to dress every day so you can feel safe, but I'm gonna start wearing a cap and gown everywhere I go. <laughs> Until things cool off for a little while. You ain't never felt threatened by somebody in a cap and gown, not never. Cap and gown is like a wedding dress. You see somebody wearing it, it make you happy. It change your mood. So that's what I'm gonna do. Until we get some real police reform, I'm wearing a cap and gown every day with a, with a, fucking, with a middle school diploma in my back pocket. A middle school diploma and an engagement ring. It's gonna be the saddest story. But you ain't gonna sweep me under the rug. Cause this was crazy. We live in a time now where if you get shot on the wrong day, you might not even make it in the news. They'll sweep your story all the way to the back page. Damn that, I'm gonna be on the front. If the police shot a 40-year-old eighth grader, I promise you, it's gonna be a conversation about me. Y'all better ride for my ass. And another news today, police shot a 40-year-old eighth grader. He survived by his three ex-wives and six children. Send a prayer up for Mr. Charles. <laughs> Pay cops more money. Money is part of the solution. It ain't the only solution, but it's part of it. Here's the thing, we love to act like all these good cops just gonna all step up and do the right thing together. Please, most people don't do the right thing for the right reason. They do the right thing for the right price. It's about the money. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of good cops out there, man, but not enough to affect change. You gotta do something to incentivize. You gotta break bread. And don't, and don't tell me you ain't got the money to pay cops more. Every time somebody get hit over the head, you gotta pay a settlement. So take the money you would have paid for a settlement and just put that in the cops' pockets. And they might care a little more. At minimum, just set up a snitch fund. Can we do that? Now, okay, don't pay every cop more, just the cops who snitch on the other cops. That's who you pay, 100,000. 100,000 per snitch. You got police departments paying 200, 300 million a year. You put 100,000 per snitch. I, I promise you, if you started giving cops 100,000 to snitch on other cops, they would be arresting each other at roll call. 
immediately. You wouldn't even make it out the police station in the morning. Put your hands up, Sanchez. I saw what you did, Sanchez. I gotta get 100,000. Shit, I need 200,000. Arrest me too, Sanchez. We got to go down. Put 100,000 on it. It'll change everything, I promise you. Because you ain't gonna break through that thin blue line just off of morals. Real cops don't snitch on other cops. Real cops stand tall. You ever notice all that brotherhood fraternity shit? It's for jobs where you're underpaid and nobody appreciates you. So, so it, it, it's cop and school teacher and military, it's firefighter. It's all these jobs where you do dope shit, but no one respects you. So they've tricked you into thinking that fraternity is a substitute for currency, and it ain't. Pay them. Give them some money. Because here's what happens. You start giving cops more money to snitch on each other, it's a good paying job. Anybody with a good paying job knows you snitch immediately. <laughs> Ain't no brotherhood in a job that pay you a real wage. People snitch left and right. You ever notice doctors don't stick together? <laughs> doctors snitch on each other in a heartbeat. Every year in this country, somebody get the wrong leg chopped off or the doctor leave a butter knife inside you. It ain't a bunch of doctors in the emergency room talking about real doctors don't snitch on other doctors. We're still like, no, that nigga chopped off the leg. the bee's knees, you know? That's what happens, you live in a big city, you think everything else is shitty, right? But now I'm older, I have different tastes and expectations for my quality of life. Now when I travel America, I get jealous, like, oh my God, y'all got air and sun out here, look at this. Y'all got Walmarts over 24 hours, look at this. That's what I love about Walmarts, being a city girl, because they have so much random stuff, you know? And they put things next to each other to convince you to buy all of it. You go to Walmart, like, I'm only here for some iced tea. In this hand grenade, look at that! I didn't even know I needed a hand grenade till I got thirsty, thank you! That's the problem with America, we have too much excess, too much. We have too much stuff to choose from, you know? And I'm dealing with like a generational clash in my own house. I feel like the old lady now, because my brother's 15 years younger than me. I live with the millennial. All right, I'm 38, he's 23. Every day, I wish I dropped him. <laughs> Every day, he makes me feel like I'm a bad person, right? He's always checking me about things that I didn't know were now out of vogue. One day, he walks into the living room, he has on a, a peach t-shirt. He goes, Chloe, what do you think about this shirt? Is it too feminine? I'm like, no, it's a regular peach t-shirt. He goes, trick question, gender's fluid. Get out of my Another day he walks in, we're having a conversation. He was like, yo, I'm going to this bar around the corner. And I know that this bar is a gay bar. So I was like, oh, look at you going to a gay bar. That's so progressive. He goes, Chloe, uh-uh, uh-uh. We don't, we don't say gay anymore. 
we say queer. Now, I feel like old lady, because I grew up with queer being a derogatory term. You didn't call somebody queer unless she was ready to fight. So now I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. Because I'm looking at my 23-year-old millennial brother like, where did you broke motherfuckers get their PR budget? <laughs> to spin this word around, do you understand? He makes me feel like a bad person. And I know I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I give to charity. All right, in my mind, in my mind. <laughs> you ever see a commercial? You be like, bing, 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 $10. There you go. <laughs> I'll be honest with y'all. I don't march. I don't go out there and march. I'm too tall to march. I'm 6'1". I'm head and shoulders above most people. That's just two rubber bullets to the dome. I don't want that. I don't want that. Mm -mm, no, thank you, you know? Then they start throwing tear gas. It's just gonna rise up to my nostrils. I'm lactose intolerant. I can't even put milk in my eyes. No, thank you. I'm not protesting over to whatever the goofy bullshit of the day is. I'm sorry. I'm a native of New York. I've done my fair share of protests. Don't look at me like that, okay? Because in New York, you just turn a corner, end up in some shit like, what are we protesting today? What? Dolphins? What are we, mammoths? What are we upset about? I don't, I just, I'm just trying to go to the drugstore and get my plan B. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm on my own mission. Thank you. <laughs> That's why we're going through so much politically. Everybody's just trying to fix everything with all of these, like, you know, grandiose ideas, you know? And I, I want to support Kam Kamala, Kam Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris. She's only half black. I just got to get half of her name right. <laughs> The Harris part, I got the Harris part. Um, Kamala, Kamala Harris. She came up with this new idea for, for debt, you know, forgiveness for student loan debt. But it's so hard, it's so complicated. You gotta fill out paperwork. You gotta, you gotta start a business in an underprivileged, underserved neighborhood. That's work. First of all, that's how we got student debt in the first place. Signing shit we didn't read. You just was like, what? How much is the interest rate? Fuck y'all, I'm going to college. Screw y'all, First day on campus, I went to debt. I got a dumbass credit card for a Frisbee. You think I'm of any use? It was like, this APR is pretty high. I was like, give me that fucking Frisbee. I don't give a shit. How long gonna be on my credit report? I can have this Frisbee for like three years. That's three good years of Frisbeeing. I still have student loan debt, I do. I graduated, 20 years ago I graduated college. Oh yeah, 20 years ago. No, that's not true. Uh, a long time ago, I graduated college. Uh, clearly, I didn't study math. And, but I'm just saying, I still have student loan debt off after all these years, right? And my thing is, like, I don't ever want to pay it off. Like, that's my FU to college. Like, I hope this earth burns down before I get a zero balance on my student loans. You understand me? I want to see an asteroid coming. I'll be like, fuck you, Bursar's office! Never paying that debt off to the last dime. I want it on my, I want the balance on my tombstone. <laughs> That's my, stupid, why are we paying this dumb? It's so dumb to pay for that. 
Listen, I understand when college first came, that was how you, you know, told people that they were not like everybody else. You know, like, oh, you, you're too dumb. You can't go to college. You, you can't afford it, you know? But then everybody was like, no, we on the same playing field. It was like, all right, let's just fuck up their credit for the rest of their life. So you can't get a house, but you got a degree. I'd rather have a house and be dumb as shit. Do you understand? I got a degree in journalism. It's useless. People don't read. Um, they don't read. I was a journalist for over 10 years and even my own family was like, the pictures are nice. I'm like, I didn't take the pictures. All right, that was Roy Wood Jr. and Chloe Hilliard. I love both those clips, and you can see both those clips on Comedy Central Stand Up YouTube channel if uh, if you want more. Um, yeah, I they're full of good stuff. We were talking in the in the break here about um, we were talking about people sending money and uh, and some specific social media usage during this time. One thing I've been seeing a lot of that I I don't know how I feel about it. But I'm glad people are raising money. But I think it's I think it's funny that some people are posting like, "Hey, I'll send you nudes if you send me receipts that you donated to one of these causes." And what what do you think of that, Coach? I think they should just send the nudes right to the the heart of the cause, the grass root of the cause, like the black individuals, uh, like myself, to just send the nudes directly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't need the middleman. <laughs> So you're saying again, you want again, people it's coach to underscore T E A. Here's what they should do: is Venmo you and send you the D, the the nude. Yeah, whatever helps you heal. Whatever helps us heal, Tom. <laughs> I think that's a good call. I just think it's weird that people are like, "I'm only donating if I could see some titties." It just seems like a weird way to do things. But hey. If it raises money for a good cause, I guess do whatever you want. But it's there's just, like it's these chronic masturbators that are like, yeah, I don't. I, okay, cool. What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there is a comedian. I oh man, my buddy uh, Keith Carey, who's a, a hell of a roast battler. Uh, he he post, he shared this article, and there is a comedian who I forget her name, but she is saying, um, you know, twenty five dollars, see my tits, and then uh, that money goes right to Black Lives. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. If that's if that's the game you're in, you can always send your tits directly to Black Lives. That's now, I'm true. married, so I'm going to share them for my friends. <laughs> I won't even look. I just know that they're in there. You won't even look, and that's a, that's Scout's honor that uh, <laughs> he, he won't take a, a peek. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It just seems like people are trying to. I, I don't like when people try to make this stuff about themselves, and that's that's my only qualm. But I, at the same time, if you're raising money, you're raising money, and it's not a thing where I I think that it's like a like sex work is wrong. I think do whatever you want to make money or to make yeah. money for other people. I mean more for the people donating. It's very strange that you would need that part of it, <laughs> and that you. But and, hey, I think right now people are so horny from Corona shit oh, that that's, that's adding another level to it. Because I saw this one dude, Diego Lopez in uh, Brooklyn, posted like, "If you send me twenty five dollars, I'll look at your nudes." And he raised oh, a bunch of hilarious. fucking money. That's a, he's a comedian. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, Bravo, young man. Diego that's Lopez. Hilarious. That's so hilarious. if you're thirsty as hell and you want to have Diego look at your nudes, you you can do it for a good cause. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah. I had some, so I had some other stuff I wanted to cover here. First of all, yeah, those were Chloe Hilliard and Roy Wood Jr. I love both those clips, and I like that they're relevant. And it's interesting because that uh, that clip about protesting, I think, is from the beginning of uh, twenty twenty or maybe twenty because it's from this week at the Comedy Cellar, um, which I hope, man, I hope the Comedy Cellar comes back Jeez. soon. I miss it, man. I was supposed to be there last month uh, at the Vegas Club, and I am missing it. Hey, Vegas is open. Vegas is opening back up, but I think that comedy will be one of the last things that we see there. We'll I see. Don't I don't understand this, Tom. This is a real question. Like, the same people that told me that if I went outside, I was a monster are out there doing the electric side with police. Like, I don't understand it. It's, it's complicated, man. Here's one thing I've heard, and I'm not trying to spread any kind of misinformation or any of yeah. that shit. We're not, we're not trying to be, uh, you know, make anybody feel weird one way or another politically. Uh, if, if you think that Corona's a hoax... Uh, I think you're crazy, but I also, uh, I've, I've heard that the sunshine and being outside, it's way harder to get it. I don't know if that's true, but I've also, dude, so much of this stuff that people are seeing is these clips online and they're not seeing actual reality. All my friends who have been at the protests in New York are like, man, everybody I've seen is wearing a mask. And so who knows? I don't know, man. I know that like three weeks ago all these fucking white people in uh, Long Island were like, you can't tell me that I got to stay in, that I can't open up my restaurant and I can't uh, blow, you know, I can't uh, get my hair blown out or whatever. And they're spitting in a cop's face. And then the cops are like, now watch it, buddy. Uh, But uh, I I don't know, man, I'm, I'm torn on uh, how to feel about it. I hope we don't see another outbreak of Corona. I, that shit freaks me out. Um, I liked your I liked your picks though. I I really like I mean I love all the comics on this sh- that I on the show that I uh, that I'm playing today. They're all fucking killers and uh, yeah I I mean I've I feel like I just played Roy Wood a couple weeks ago, but it was from that Mother's Day documentary, so I don't feel like that counted. Um, I don't want to overplay the same people, but I just I also am such a huge Roy Wood Junior fan, dude. I he's one he's one of those guys who did all the work. He did so much work. He's he's a guy who put in all this time on the road for years. It's really cool to see somebody like that get the breaks that he's been getting uh, over the past few years where people are recognizing how great he is. I, I got to know of Roy Wood Jr. through Last Comic Standing, uh, maybe 12 years ago now or something like that. It was right when I was starting to get into stand-up, and I was such a fan of his joke writing and stuff. But you could tell he'd already been performing for a long time and was already a killer headliner on the road. So much so that one girl I dated had known about him because she saw him in Indianapolis at a comedy club, and she was like, oh, Roy Wood Jr. is my favorite comedian of all time. And I was like, how the fuck do you even know that guy? That's so cool, because I hadn't seen him much on TV, and uh, he's, it's because he's been... He was a road dog for a long time and put the work in, and you can see it whenever he goes on stage. I have never seen that dude not murder. I've never seen it. He's a brilliant writer. He puts the work in, and uh, it's it it shows. And Chloe Hilliard, too. Every time I see her at the Comedy Cellar, I'm like, God damn, she's funny. And uh, it's hard to capture that. It's hard to—and that's why I love this week at the Comedy Cellar, and I hope they keep bringing it back because it's so fun to see somebody in a comedy club murdering and it's cool to see it on tv and she is also just a great great joke writer i, I love that her her take on not going to protest is great too that she's tall and so the stuff hits her first 
it's yeah, yeah. I love hearing somebody have a take where you hear her in the clip go, stay with me, like that she saw some look. <laughs> she's in New York, and saying something like that is like a controversial take maybe, and she leans into it, and I love it. I, I love comedy like that. Uh, just both fucking great comics. Um, I do want to read this this thing, I uh, the story about Dave Chappelle that I read from my buddy Kenny DeForest, who used to run the Knitting Factory in... Uh, Brooklyn, uh, which was originally Hannibal Burris's show, and then he handed it off to Clark Jones, Will Miles, and Kenny DeForest. And Kenny shared a story on Wednesday uh, that was very relevant to everything that's happening right now about the one and only Dave Chappelle, and I, I really loved it. And it, it went viral, but I, I have a feeling a lot of you probably haven't seen it. I asked him for permission to, to read his story, and he gave it, so I'm just going to read it in his words. Uh, it's, it starts with him talking about how they were, this is the coolest night of his comedy career. Um, and, uh, it was when he was hosting that show and he was hoping, he knew that Dave Chappelle was, uh, in town supporting Kevin Hart hosting SNL. So he texted Joyelle Johnson, who was hanging out with him, any chance that Dave wants to go up. He then says, we start the show thinking he might come a couple comics in. He sneaks in like a boxer with his hood up. We're in the green room smoking, drinking, and joking. The dude is a machine. Every topic that came up, he had something profound for. We bring him up last. The crowd loses it. He was asking the crowd for headlines to riff on. They toss one out. He riffs a joke. Every topic, he immediately had a perfect joke for. Now, this was days after the cop that choked Eric Garner was uh, to death in Staten Island uh, was not indicted by a grand jury. Protests, etc. were all over the city. Tensions were high. And about 15 to 20 minutes into his set, he asks for another topic and somebody shouts out police brutality. He pauses and then says, you really want to do this? Okay. He chugs his Tecate and sets it down. Our crowd was always beautifully mixed. The show was started by Hannibal Burris, so it's always been, had a black base, but it's in Williamsburg. So they, there were always hipsters of all per- persuasions and amazingly people from all over the world. We always had global tourists, which I thought was incredible for a free bar show. So Chappelle starts talking about Eric Garner and watching him get murdered in cold blood on camera and how it makes him scared for his children. I remember he said, I thought body cams would help, but what good is video evidence if y'all don't care? A clearly privileged white girl, she had a wide-brimmed felt hat, for Christ's sakes, shouts, life's hard, sorry about it, and it takes the air completely out of the room. A collective (laughs) gasp. Chappelle zeroes in on her. What did you say? She repeats it. Chappelle starts going in. He starts educating the crowd on the history of black people and the police. He talked about slave patrols and Rodney King and Watts and Emmett Till and Black Wall Street. He talked about Trayvon, he talked about Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, and he talked about John Crawford III. If you don't remember John Crawford III, Google it. It happened right around the time of some higher-profile killings, but it's as awful as anything you'll see. He was on the phone in Walmart and picked up a BB gun that was for sale in, a said, in the said Walmart and was just looking at it. Some scared cracker ass called the cops, and this officer comes in, doesn't even bother saying drop the weapon or hands up, just guns him down. The security footage makes it plain as day. The footage will make you sick. Disgusting and outrageous in every conceivable way. Chappelle then tells a story about getting pulled over in rural Ohio where he lives. This is before the Crawford shooting, but after Ferguson, so racial tension is bubbling. He said, I may be white on paper, but I'm still black, so I'm nervous. 
He says, the cop approaches and he can tell I'm nervous. I have both my hands on the wheel and I say, officer, my license and registration is in the glove box. I'm going to reach for them now. I promise I'm not armed. I could tell the officer was offended that I was nervous. He said, I know who you are, Dave Chappelle. And I said, so why do you need my license and registration? He, he lets me off with a warning. The twist, the same cop would go on to murder John Crawford III. His takeaway, mm. I shouldn't have to be Dave Chappelle to, to, sorry, to survive police encounters. <clears throat> sorry. Mm. That is it. I think that that's uh, really powerful shit. I just thought that that was a great story to share at uh, a time like this. That was uh, Kenny DeForest uh, wrote it all out, but obviously it's Dave Chappelle's uh, bit. But I, I thought that Kenny wrote it really beautifully. Um, we got one more clip, but I hope that uh, I hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed that. I hope that it didn't feel like uh, I was just reading for too long. But uh, I, I I was really moved by that, and I I yeah I hope you got something out of it because. I, I think that it's uh, I think it's a really powerful moment of two people listening to each other who clearly come from very far apart uh, to to meet in the middle at, uh, in a good place. Um, and our last cl- our last clip this week, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to share. It's uh, it's a buddy of mine. It's uh, Mia Jackson, who super funny. We recorded our half hours together the same night, the same show. And uh, she murdered it. Uh, my family was all there, and they were all raving about her after uh, the show, which pretty much pretty, really pissed me off, to be honest, since I was on the damn show too. But uh, she uh, she killed it. Uh, she killed the taping, and uh, I I really love this set. And this next clip is from Mia Jackson. Also, when I got out of my relationship, one of my friends again, white person, again, fine. All right. <laughs> She decided she wanted to introduce me to somebody and she's just like, oh my God, Mia, I have met the perfect guy for you. And then I was like, tell me more. (laughs) And she said he's either in his late forties or his early (laughs) sixties. I said, tell me less. Um, She shows me his picture. He is at least 75. (laughs) And I am not, all right? And I was like, hey, my eyes are brown and have hope, all right? (laughs) His eye color is cataracts. I was like, why, why did you try to set us up? I said, we, we don't look like we're in the same age range. And she goes, I gotta be honest with you, I'm not really good at telling black people's ages, which, no, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine, it's, it's due to like a combination of skin care and reparations, it's on Wikipedia, but like that's, no, no, I, I saw it, I saw the article, I wrote it, um, but like, but that's, all we, that's, that's what happened. So. I told her though, I said, you should have been able to look at him and look at me and know that only one of us had gone through the civil rights movement. Okay? And let me just say this, I respect the movement and everything that it's done for my life, but I'm not gonna date anybody who had to fight for my freedom. 
you can't win arguments against that dude. He's been through too much shit, all right? Like, I can't talk to him the way I would somebody my age. I can't walk in the house and be like, hey, what you been doing all day? You didn't wash these dishes? And he'll be like, bitch, did you get to vote? Um, I'm just asking, huh? Hmm? Like, nah, how was that nice integrated lunch you had earlier today? You got to sit at the counter, didn't you? You're welcome. Mm. He's like, I can't even pressure wash the house without a flashback, but you're gonna ask me about some dishes. Okay, all right. You're disrespectful. And I'll be like, I am so sorry, Mr. Calvin. Um, you have to say Mr. is very important. It's the right thing to do. This is the real reason I wouldn't date too much older than me. Like, I don't want to get infected with old diseases like scurvy. Um, at, I don't. At this point, I'm like, just give me like something cutting edge like chlamydia. You know, like I want something, I want something new and fresh. Um, I do, like, just, listen, just, okay. Like, I don't want chlamydia. <laughs> just in case one of you is like, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like, no, I, I do not want chlamydia. I just don't want a disease that's so old that I gotta go search in the forest for the antidote, all right? <laughs> I don't wanna get my prescription filled at the apothecary, all right? I just want to go to CVS like the rest of the hoes. That's it. Like, I'm, I'm not special. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a special person. <sighs> I am dating somebody else now, all right? Thank you. Thank you. And it's been, it's been good. Like, we, like, we were, we were childhood friends and then we, we had to find out stuff about each other. Like, like, I drink and he doesn't. So he likes to judge me. I know. So last fall, like during football season, it was like 11.30 in the morning and he was like, Mia, what the hell are you doing? It's not even noon. And I was like, it's game day, bitch. All right. Right, right. And he was like, that's fine, but you're watching Harry Potter. And I was like, oh. I was like, okay. I was like, fuck you, Quidditch is a game, okay? Like, it's in the movie, it counts. Go Gryffindor, all right? Like, that's fair. I'll tell you how we fell in love, and it usually makes people cry, so I want you to get yourselves together. So we fell in love by sexting, and thank you. And sexting, that's when you, you know, send sexy pictures of yourself to your parents by accident, uh, so just be careful before you hit send. But like the first time I ever tried to send him a picture, like I didn't, I didn't do a good job. Like my, my titties kept rolling off to the side and I had to push them back in the frame. And if you don't frame them just right, they'll look like a baby's ass, all right? And then he's like, why are you sending me child pornography? Like whose baby ass is this? I can't have this in my phone. Since I already don't have like a flirtatious personality and I don't have like the sultry thing going on, my pictures of him are, they're just too jolly. Like I always look like I'm, I'm going to Disney World. So like all my, my titty pics are like, 
And he'll be like, ooh, crop your face. Um, I just, I don't want that. But he is actually the first person to ever send me an inappropriate picture. And at first, I thought it was a bill from Verizon. Um, I did. Because it was large and I was overdue, huh? Huh? That was Mia Jackson from her Comedy Central Half Hour. Check out that whole set. Uh, like I said, she killed it. And I hope you liked the show today. Um, if you liked the comics we played today, I, rather than do the normal Tom Takarg rhythm, if you don't know what that is, Netflix has its algorithm. Uh, I have the Tom Takarg rhythm if you liked these comics. I decided instead of doing the normal Tom Takarg rhythm, I'm just going to wreck 10 black comics who I think are great that you should check out this week. Um, first up, it's Nori Davis, Jordan Temple, Joelle Nicole Johnson, Rob Hayes, Marina Franklin, Yamanika, Will Miles, Janelle James, Ethan Simmons Patterson, and Dwight Simmons. And as always, if you like the show, give it a little review and rating. We appreciate it big time. Share, uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And check out the Comedy Central stand-up YouTube page. It's full of good shit. Uh, and keep the DMs and messages coming. It's suttpod at gmail.com. Uh, on behalf of Coach T, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.